in the sugya of of making decisions so where we got to last week was that inevitably the way we all read any given situation will be different the way I react and see and understand what's going on is going to be different from everyone else in the room and everyone else in the room is also going to see it differently from me there will be certain global overlaps there will be areas where we all are in complete agreement but the deeper you go into the, into the perception of what's going on into my reaction, my experience of what's going on so then we'll subdivide into many different groups which means as follows if it would be that in any given situation there'd be the ultimate decision to be made which I could consult in some type of book and I look into the book and I say ah, this is what I have to do in this situation so then that would be great because if I knew the book so then I know exactly what to do in every situation but because the perception of the situation differs the way I respond to it will also differ in other words if I'm a person that's endowed with Midas MS and I see someone going up and saying something which has a a, a shemit of Sheker in it because of my natural Midas the way I see it when I see that happening that's what sticks out to me so my response in terms of let's say Techocha or um, speaking to the people who are around me in regard to it, if it's a mutter, depending on the circumstances, that's going to be in a line with what I saw going on. Another person who's overriding me is one of Chesed. So he may miss it completely. Because that's not what his perception is based on. Maybe he could be get it, but even if we get it, he'd only get it partially. And it could be even if we got partially, the way he'd approach it is by going over to the person and trying to extend Chesed to him in perhaps correcting his views. So the Chiyuv would change, and even if the kid would be identical, let's say, they both would have to go and give the person to Chacha, but also the manner in which the Chiv took place, and the Hagosha which went, then developed between us, of how I would say it, what words I would use, would be different based on who I am. So it comes out that what the Halacha is, is first of all only a very, very broad and generalized outline of what I should do in a given situation. Even then, of course, is open to different personal criteria where sometimes halacha for one is not halacha for anyone. But let's assume, even if the halacha is a global halacha, we all know that on the first night of Hanukkah you like one light and you know that there's a chiyuv tonight with the mahadrin, you should use olive oil. We know those things, those are objective. And let's assume that we all have the same financial capabilities and we've got the same time at disposal that we can all be mekayim the mitzvah in the same way. Even in that global situation, the way the kiyum hamitzvah would come out would also be dependent on who I am. As explained, the Mrs. Shram says that there's different ways, there's different layers and layers and layers to the mitzvah. There's av in the mitzvah, there's a year in the mitzvah, there's shleimus alev in the mitzvah. The shleimus alev in the mitzvah, the tikkun amidus in the mitzvah. The shleimus alev in the mitzvah. The lev is who I am. So my shleimus alev inevitably will be different from your shleimus alev. In other words, the, the, the point that we're trying to gravitate towards is that everyone as a reality of being human is living life in their own world which means that where is the reality where does the reality exist the reality exists not outside of myself but internally inside of myself and I'm speaking in rather um, abstract terms I'm going to try and make it more simple more down to earth 
Um, my perception of, of, let's say, of Euclid is, is informed by a lot of different things that I have that Chesko doesn't have. Um, maybe I've known you for longer, I've seen you from different contexts, I've had different discussions from, with you, and also it could be that I can see in a spectrum of people because I've been teaching for 20 years, so therefore I'll be able to see and evaluate you, and, and therefore I'll be able to, in our discussions, let's say, my ben Adam when I do it towards you, will be very different from your skills. Now, what, what, what's the chiyuv? The chiyuv is the same. But the way that Yechezkel will be mekayim at chiyuv is very different from the way I'll be mekayim at chiyuv. So now, who is Klatch? Is he Yechezkel's Klatch or is he my Klatch? Or maybe he's his own Klatch? Where, where are you located? Because your reality is different to me, it's different to him, it's different to him, it's different to him. So your reality, and they're saying you're the focal point, you're the object that we're focusing on, your reality will be different to every single person in this room. Do you all understand that? Do you understand that? Genghis. His reality is another... So when you see him, you're going to see one thing, I'm going to see something else, and every single person is going to see something else. So now where does catch exist? So it could be what we what we understood was it could be that we could all be right that clatch exists in all of us, and all of us have clatch. We just have different perspectives of him. My perspective of clatch, no, it's not it's not right, and then Cheskel's is wrong. It's just it's different because I have an access to something that he doesn't have access to. But he's also got clatch. He's just got a different bechina. In other words, in any given situation, there'll be bechinas upon bechinas upon bechinas upon bechinas. And it could be that every single person in this room has, not, has a good feast on what he is. And every single person's feast will be different. Because Clatch as a person lends himself to many different aspects. There's many different parts to his being. So I have one part, here's another part, here's another part. doesn't mean that none of us have the same parts, but we all have a part of the reality. So the truth is, if we'd, if we'd, if we'd somehow be able to combine our parts and synergize them, so then we'd have a much fuller perception of Clash's reality. Whereas, granted, even though all of us have got a perception which is real, but it's fractured because it's only a small aspect of the reality. So, this is that Shlomo referred me to a, a Gemara, that the Gemara describes, um, it goes into the notion of the Machlokis Beisham Beisila. The morale in the end of the bear Harishain goes into Narichos, which, okay, we, 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 but the point, there, there, there's a lot of things that he says in Big Hidushim, Big Hidushim. But the point he says over there is that inevitably anything in the physical world is, has got a complex structure. The difference between a simple structure and a complex structure, simple structure is, it's very, it's one. A complex structure doesn't mean complicated. It means there's lots of different parts to it. So a simple structure is a flat piece of wood. A complex structure is, a more complex structure is a box made out of four pieces of wood. A more complex structure is a wooden car, because there's many different pieces. The more pieces there are, the more complex the structure. The less pieces there are, the more simple the structure. Everything in this world is a complex structure. It's more cut. It's made up of different parts. 
because it's made up of different parts, it means every person's perception can hone in on a different part and they can still have a feast on the thing itself. If something would only be one, so there's no room for different parts. So there are certain things. That's true. That's true in terms of in terms of the physical reality. It's true in terms of the conceptual reality. In an idea. Some ideas have got many parts to them. So you can have one part of the idea. I have another part of the idea. I have a third part of the idea. Some ideas that could be a poshet. Shem yekein Hashem echad. Not going into what achtos is, and that is the ultimate pshitus. It's a poshet idea. The cloud is poshet. No one can be chaylik on that. But there's different, different, there's a thousand different parts to that idea. So we can all have a shaykhist to it, but we all have different shaykhist to it. Are you following me? In other words, this, this, this ability to, again, there's, there's two, what we said last week is that there's two ways of seeing the world. Both of them are, are subjective. The one way of seeing the world is through my Midas Royce, and the one way of seeing the world is through my Midas Toibas. If I see the world through my Midas Royce, so if I'm, a, for example, have you noticed that when your mood fluctuates, people change? When you move, when I'm in a bad mood with someone, so all the negative parts of their persona become absolutely visible in front of me. Everything they do, oh my gosh, they're doing it again. And every act that, that they do is interpreted in terms of a negative, and I've got a fantastic recollection of everything they've ever done wrong. And I put it together and I make a picture of the person. That same person, when I'm in a good mood, I see all their milers and how kind and how considerate. The same person. What happened? It depends which lenses I had. When I put on the lens of Kaas, I see one thing. When I put on the lens of Chesed, I see something completely different. When I put on the lens of Ava, I see a completely different person. So what happened? What happened was the middle changed. When the middle changes, the feast of reality changes. Now this is a big suit because we have to figure out. We are saying that the choice that we make primarily, the ultimate choice we have is in our perception. What do we see in front of us? If we see through our Midas Tovas, what we see in front of us is the reality. If we see with our Midas Rois, what we see in front of us is a Sheker. It's a Sheker. It's not there. Now this is extremely... This, 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 this needs Ewan Rav. Ewan Rav. The Marshal. The Meraglim. Where would the Chet lie? The Chet lay in the fact that the Amoti Dibala Oretz. They spoke to Hashanah about the land. But not what the Gemara Sanhedrin says. The Gemara Sanhedrin says that why were they makdim in Eicha the pay to the ayin? It should be ayin comes before pay, not pay before ayin. Because the Meraglim were makdim their pay to their nayin. What does that mean? It means as follows. When you look at something, if there's integrity between what you look at, if what you, if you, what you see is what you say, so it means there's, you start off with the ayin, you look, and then you come to the pair, and you say. There's something which is consistent. What you saw is what you say. If you mucked in the pair to the ayin, it means that what you say is what you saw. You said it, and then you saw it. Meaning, your description doesn't correspond to this place, doesn't correspond to what you saw, it's something distorted. You distorted, you made up something. So the chait of the maragnim wasn't that they said the wrong thing, it's that they saw it wrong. Their dibur was how they saw it. They saw it through their dibur. They saw it through their contortion of what occurred. Had they seen... Now, the, now and the scene itself in Eretz Yisrael, when the Miraculous went to Eretz Yisrael, was an ambiguous scenario. People were dying. 
feel could be dying because the Kodesh Baruch was out there to protect you. If you had your eyes of Emuna on, you'd see Chastei Shemayim. If you had your eyes of critical, eyes of criticism on, you'd see dangerous place to go. People die the whole time. The objective facts were people died. What did the Rebbe do? They saw not a good place to go. What did Yeshua and Kalev see? Gavaldik, Akash is looking out for us. He's distracting them with their veils. The objective facts were the same. The perception was different. You see that the, the perception, again, the objective facts were the same. Meraglim didn't see it through good midas. They saw. They weren't wrong. The objective facts corroborated with what they said. But they didn't see it through the right eyes. So you see a massive chiddush over here. You see the ayin that you have to have is an ayin of good midas. Otherwise you mucked them your pair to the ayin. Your eye is you have to see, not even see the, the objective events. Your interpretation of the events has to be mechuvan ala emes. Say that. What's a, what's a stir being critical? Seeing things through midas emes. What's that? That midas emes is extremely critical. It's a mile. You see a person and you see there's an inconsistency in your behavior and it's no gayer for you to point it out because you have a role, let's say, as mechanech. So then I That's something that you have to bring to the fore. Could be if you're standing out from far and you're not his mechanics, so then that's something that you should be on. That's not your tactics. That's not what you should be seeing from him. Your perception should be different. Depending on the role you play, a child's, a parent's perception of a child should be different from someone in the street's perception of a child. And your perception of your friends are different. Everything changes the whole time. Everything's in flux. You find me? So it means that the hate of the Miraglim was the way they saw the world wrongly through the eyes that there wasn't the emunah that HaKadosh Baruch is out for their good. If HaKadosh Baruch, if they, had, if they saw the eyes through the emunah Hashem, they said, Chasei Shemayim, these people are dying. They didn't have, they didn't see the eyes of when they saw, terrible place to go, these people die here the whole time. So the, the, the events of life are interpretive. They depend, you know, there are certain fixed elements, but how, we've contru- how do we interpret what the fixed elements are is telling our midas. If we have good midas, if our midas are metukonos, so we see a reality. If we have bad midas, we see a distortion. Even the reality we see will be specific to our good midas. So, mimanam shot, we're going to see our own personal reality. A bechina of what is in front of us. Depending on who you are, we'll either see a true bechina, which corresponds to the metzias, or a false bechina, which doesn't. That's that's mamish no gay to to what was nischadesh on Chanukah. Chanukah is nerus. Nerus is the ability to see. The reason why you light a candle is because if you don't light a candle, things are dark. And when things are dark, you have no idea what's going on in front of your very eyes. When you light a candle, the things become visible. Chanukah is when things became visible. We could see differently. Where was the makor of our ear from? It wasn't from, wasn't from the the marshal. Let's contrast it. Well, this is something which is still very much in the working. But let's contrast the the Yitzchak. He goes through the sequential arrangement of Hanukkah to Purim to Pesach, and he says that they correspond that that Hanukkah is connected Chochma connected Purim is connected the Dibur. And Pesach is connected the Maisa. So it could be, he, he just gives us very small landmarks. And I'm expanding on it a lot. Hopefully that was partially by him as well. 
Pesach is if, two things. The experience of the way we observe mitzvahs Pesach and the experience of the Nisim has an absolute equation to it. It's equivalent. The way we experience Nisim Mitzrayim was through our senses. We heard the Kodesh Ebrakim. We felt the Choshech, <coughs> even though we could walk through it. We tasted the water when it wasn't done. We saw, we experienced through our senses Nisim Mitzrayim. Our Hasoba of the Ebrayim Sholem came through our guf. On Pesach, the mitzvah comes through our guf. You eat the matzah. It's a mitzvah which comes through our guf. In Purim, the Hasoba of the Nais didn't come through our guf. We never saw anything. There was nothing to be seen. It came through our shmir. Listening is different from seeing. When you listen to something, you have to arrange the words in a coherent sentence and put them together in order to make sense of what's being said. It's a process of arranging seemingly disconnected events to make a cohesive whole. That's what Dibur and Shmeh is. Dibur is the arrangement so to make sure that these words come out in a fashion whereby there's importance and meaning to the sounds coming out of my mouth. And Shmeh is hearing those sounds and assembling from them some type of picture as to what occurred. What the nace of Purim was, you had to put the events of Esther being captured, Achashverosh assassination plot, Bigson and Serge being spotted by Moy, and put the pieces together until you hear something being said. Something's being said, there's a sentence. Hakosh Boku is saying, I'm here. So Mimela, Purim is Kinegadibur, that's a Kriya Samagila. The way you do it is Derek Dibur and Derek Shmir. And Chanukah is Kinegadur'ir. So now Chanukah gets a little bit harder to explain. The Vada, the, the Kiyuma Mitzvah is by lighting the candle. So you see, that's what, that's what it's doing. It's giving you sight. The Shad is, how is the, how is the nace through sight? The nace of Chanukah, clear that the nace of Chanukah was not the candles. The nace of Chanukah was the victory over the Yavani. It's borrowed. The candles is a whole different parasha. Why the candles burned for eight days? It wasn't the nace of Chanukah. The nace of Chanukah was that the Yavani were beaten by a group of pastors, Yeshiva Bochim. You should find those guys and put them in the army. <laughs> yeah. Pastors, they need to be voluntary. Um, so, so, it was, it was, the nace was, the nace, pastors, the nace was, what, what, again, this is a, a little bit Undeveloped. It needs further work. But what happened? So you had a group of people that they were way, way outnumbered in terms of the logistical side of military tactics. You had a group of hard, well-trained military geniuses. You can just imagine. Imagine, imagine putting Yankula, Moshele, Chaimka against Stelio, Georges. I don't know what the other names are. And these guys have been trained since like a young age. They've been, they, 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 they've, been, they've been working out 14 hours a day. They are built like houses. And they move in those cool phalanx formations. You know, where like you can't see them because they're shields on all four sides and on the top. See those formations? Those are Gavaldi. And they come towards you. And then you've got Yankula. And Yankula, I don't know what he's carrying. And if you could lift a sword. Do you know how heavy swords are? You should try to lift up a sword. I don't know where you'll find one. If you need one, I have one. If, <laughs> you should, you should lift, lift up a sword or heavy, heavy things. And he's coming, and these guys are brutal. So, what does he think in his mind? What does he think in his mind? So, I would think I don't stand a chance because these people 
are way better trained than I am. They're stronger. They know what they do. And I don't have a clue. But that's a way of seeing things. What happens if I saw Emona? So it could be if I saw Emona, so I'd say, what do you mean? A Kodesh is Koyochel. He can't go like that and have them all disappear into thin air. What he wants from me? He wants me to demonstrate through my physical actions that that's my perception of the world. So when I walk to these people, I see nothing. I see nothing. One of them. can get rid of them. So therefore, that's a different way of seeing things. I see things differently. I don't feel threatened by the fact that there's 10,000 of these guys and I've got the sword that I can barely get off the ground. It doesn't threaten me because in the world of Imuna, that's not a threat. In the world of Imuna, I'm strong and they're weak. Why? Because I've got Koyocha behind me. It changes who's weak and who's strong. <coughs> it's a perception. This is not an accurate marshal, but it's just so gishmak, it's worth saying. There's a, there's a famous, <laughs> very famous clip that was taken in, in a South African nature reserve called the Kruger National Park. It's called Battle of Kruger. Some people were just, they were spotting game, and they saw the following set of events occur. They saw a pride of lion, lionesses hunting, not pride of lion, some four, five lionesses hunting, and they were crouching in the grass as, a, as three buffalo, two, two adults and one calf. Buffalo are huge animals. Approach them. And you see these buffalo coming closer and not being aware that the lions are there. They're beautifully camouflaged. And then all of a sudden, you see them attack. The lions pounce and they cut off the calf from the two adults and they pull the calf into a river which is nearby and they try to kill the calf in the river. So there's about three or four lionesses ripping away with the teeth of this calf. And as they try to rest this calf out the water, all of a sudden you see a crocodile swimming towards the calf. The crocodile opens its gigantic jaw and it clasps onto the calf and tries to pull the calf away from the lions. And it succeeds in pulling it towards back into the river. The last moment, three of the lions pull this calf back onto land. So they get onto the land and they're about to rip this calf to pieces. And then all of a sudden, you see 50 buffalo coming back to fetch their calf. And the buffalo get closer and closer. They surround the lions. And then the one buffalo comes forward. And all of a sudden, you just see the buffalo kick and you see a lion flying into the air and just running away. And they get closer and closer, and eventually they just stampede these lions. They completely, they, they chase them away. They absolutely... And then after all this, you see this calf get up and walk back into the herd. Quite a cover to the calf, eh? <laughs> so, what happened, Marcia, what happened, hey, these, and when the fascinating thing, what I found fascinating was, that when the buffaloes chased away the lion, it wasn't that you had 50 buffaloes chasing away the lion. One buffalo chased away one lion. Because the buffalo is approximately three times the size of a lion. But when the lions attacked, the buffaloes ran. It was the, lion, the buffaloes could have just stood their ground and kicked the lions into the sky. So, cool story. But, but, it's amazing. it's amazing, actually, it's amazing. But what's fascinating is you see that a person who has strength, 
and his unaware strength will flee. If you have an awareness of your strength, so then you'll stay, you stand your ground. What was nishadish on Hanukkah is how strong we are. That you can, you can put against us an entire massive, gigantic force, and they, they're nothing, they're nothing. If you see, only if you see, if you see things in the right way, it's a perception. And that perception comes from a deep emuna. For example, the Rebbeinu Yonah brings down as an Isidoraisa. Kira Isa Sus Varechev Amrav Loisira Mehem. You see this massive people approaching. There's an Isidoraisa to be scared. What do you mean? The Amrav Mimcha, they're much more powerful than me. Don't be scared. How's a Chachna to be scared? It must be that your, your perception of them is you possibly don't see a threat. How can you not see a threat? You see this army encroaching upon you. They've got gas, guns bristling, ready to shoot. And you say, I'm not, I'm not scared. That's what I'm scared of. So that was Nishadesh to us on Hanukkah. A whole different perception. A whole different way of perceiving the world. It's in the ear. That ear has an overlap between all of us and then we all have our own specific ways of seeing the world differently based on our kuchas. But again, this then has to get into how that perception then guides us in life and we're making decisions and trying to find what is there for our toeva miti vara miti. And that's to be further discussed. <laughs>